0: Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes learned a bit more about their companion Diego, then headed below decks to fight spiders and an aggressive jigsaw shark after triggering Lamb's Trap. The Cursed Campaign continues now.
1: Come back, everybody. Time for a boss fight.
2: Oh no. Oh no.
1: Uh, seven episodes in, boss fight. Why not? Wait, is this the end of book one? No, it's just, a, <laughs> you know how books have mini bosses and stuff? Yeah. That's what this is. And he's like an enemy to all of you. Seems very fast to have that enemy show
2: up, but hey, so what brought you all together. Yeah. I was really surprised that he would show up this early. Also, Gadrin's here too. <laughs> that, that crocodile <laughs> He has a clock in his
1: belly and everything I <laughs> was going to say that's he's how we know it's the same one, one He's the one that stole one of Nine Lives Lives We Peter Pan out here <laughs> <laughs> Well guys I wanted to talk at the top of this one A little bit about enemies that monologue in adventures Because I think it requires a little bit of Suspension of disbelief in order for me to get some exposition out the The idea that you wouldn't just run at this guy, especially if you didn't have a kid hanging from the ceiling, is laughable, right? He, he wouldn't get five words in edgewise before Sylvie came and put her rapier through his throat. But I think monologuing is an important thing to allow big bad guys to do. And I think you kind of have to suspend your disbelief that your characters would allow this conversation to happen.
3: I don't know if there's too much... A uh, suspension of disbelief for me realistically right if it makes sense to not charge at your enemy then a monologue also makes kind of sense right so if i'm in real life even and someone was holding like i don't know a kid hostage or a crossbow at me or a gun to my head i'd shut up and hear what they're saying i
1: suppose Webster Merriam defined monologue. As <laughs> oh, a long, tedious speech by one person during a conversation, or a long speech by one actor in a play or movie, or as part of a theatrical or broadcast program.
2: Can I get that used in a sentence, please?
1: He was reciting some of the great monologues of Shakespeare, oh. or Fred carried on with his monologue as if I hadn't spoken.
0: Thank you. Griff, I have a uh, sinking suspicion that you have not prepped this encounter, and you are about to read You are about to read the definition of filibuster next. I was just going to
1: say, I'm going to turn this monologue into a filibuster, because I'm not ready. No, I'm very ready, but have you guys
0: encountered enemies that do this in the adventures that you've played before here? So I've done this. I, I have not GM'd a lot. I've only GM'd a little bit on the Hideous Laughter Productions Patreon show. Yeah, on our Patreon. You should check it out. Yeah. I run an adventure called No Response from Deepmar in first edition. And there is a little bit of this suspension of disbelief. I have a couple of big bad guys that I just really wanted to make their motivations clear, or maybe a little bit even more clear than they were in the adventure. And to do that it's kind of difficult because there's not a lot of good opportunity to present that information until you actually meet those bad guys. So when you finally got to those parts, I was like, okay, hold on. All your buffs are intact. I just kind of want to talk a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's like the, it's a twilight zone of rounds, the
0: twilight zone. Oh, Oh, Oh. I like twilight now. So yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, We we discussed this last episode. I'm bringing it back. Uh, But yeah, so I, I do think it's, Emily used a really good word uh, when we were talking about this beforehand, theatrical. like just suspend your disbelief a little bit, let's get theatrical with it, have fun, and it does help develop the personality of the bad guy. We all as characters know that Garon Lamb's bad, but me as a person, I, I know a little less how Lamb Lamb's bad, so letting him just kind of talk will help me hate him more, just like Vec does.
2: See, I think that's a great point because there's a couple instances where the players either don't know enough about what is going on about the the character's motivations or something, or they know that they need something specific from a bad guy or something specific from them might help them understand the situation better. So if there's if there's ever an instance where they don't have the full context of things going on, it makes sense to even if you were in their shoes to try to, like, query them for information as you're trying to ready a strategy or something. Yeah, it certainly makes sense for Diego to hold off. Hmm. I
0: think from a meta perspective, too, a lot of the ways that some of the Paizo adventure paths work is that like this bad guy may have some information that's going to set us up for the next big part of the adventure. And then the big bad guy in that part of the adventure is going to have some information that sets us up for the next. So it's it's almost like transitional. In a way, sorry to disappoint Russian
2: dolls all the way down.
0: But yeah, actually, that's that's a pretty good analogy. A lot of some of the bosses in these Paizo adventures are Russian doll esque in that they are the boss of their part of the adventure. But they also get you thinking about the next big thing.
4: It really helps to develop the story. Just like how I was saying, it's theatrical. Like in movies, the good guy knows that the big bad is really bad and they shouldn't give them a chance to talk but it pushes the story forward when you get to understand them and maybe uh, connect with them, understand their motivations. And if they just shot first, ask questions later, you'd never get that. So it's all part of the storytelling narrative, at least in my uh, perspective. And that's what I love about playing Pathfinder is the story you tell. So you have to let the GM give a little bit of that story motivation.
3: It also really develops the bad guy as to what they are. So some monologues are... (laughs) Just from such a point of egotistical, like I'm better than you, and some of them you can feel like almost feel how evil they are coming off of them, or other times it's like, man, they're just really misunderstood, but they are not good. So it gives that who is this bad guy? Because otherwise, I mean, what you see them and you fight, and it's like, okay, cool, we killed a almost nameless person. You know yeah, what it's I mean?
1: Like fighting the jigsaw shark. Last <laughs> <That's> episode, <laughs> he didn't get to monologue. He was actually the big bad of, of this part of the book. Oh, missed. But you guys, this is him. so confusing. Yes, yeah, it is very confusing. I enjoy monologuing in as my bad guys because, to your point, it's giving you guys some story that you wouldn't really get. Do you think it's different necessarily? We're playing to an audience. I personally, GMing for a home game, would still monologue. But I wouldn't be too butthurt if you guys then decided to fire an arrow at him in a home game. But here, I'd be a little salty about it, you know? I feel like there's a... It's kind of like you said, when it's in a movie, there's always a scenario where the bad guy gets a monologue. And when it's being presented to someone else, I feel like you have to let the monologue happen.
3: I don't know. Home game or not... I like knowing about the bad guy, and just like Emily said, it develops that story, and that's why I like Pathfinder, so I think either way, home game or not, all are fun.
2: Yep. Playing a character without a crossbow, I can promise you that that I will not fire any arrows at your bad guys in this campaign. Throne malls are just as bad. Okay, well, no promises there. (laughs) No promises.
1: Well, this is the fourth episode, so we gave out hero points on episode three, then... Four, five, six, I gave out a hero point each session, and now it's time to refresh them. So, Emily, if you could provide me, thank you, this hero point for everyone, so everybody is back to one. Oh, I hope it's from somebody I like. Well, this is from CyJ. Okay. And their message is, what you doing on the ground? Don't eat dirt, kid. Get your guts back in you and go kick some ass.
2: Yeah, Vec. (laughs) You're like, <laughs> yeah, that's only
0: applicable to me.
3: I think it's going to be more more applicable, uh, you know, don't drink all the water versus don't eat the dirt. What you doing in the water? <laughs> yes.
0: What you doing in that crocodile's well, <laughs> mouth? Thank you, CyJ. Everybody is at
1: one hero point now for this combat. And I think we need to get into it. So we're going to roll. Well, we're going to roll right into where we left off. Gadrian Lamb, this angry looking man, is holding a chain in one arm and a hand crossbow in the other. And he's specifically talking at Diego, nine lives, because he knew you were coming down here. He has a child hanging from the ceiling. And as Sylvia and Mir saw, there is a large alligator in this Pool in the center of the room. Well, weapons
0: into the pit.
3: Mir wouldn't hesitate really to throw her long spear into the pit.
0: Not trying to meta game or anything. I'm not not being pro. You know, provoked by the monologue discussion. Vet kind of holds up his hands. Now, hold on, mate. We are here because we heard there were bad things happening, but I'm sure there's a good explanation for what's going on. Although I don't love that you're holding a child over a crocodile. Don't love it. Now, I'm sure there's a diplomatic way we can solve this, resolve everything, and get on with our lives. Certainly. Throw all your weapons in the pit. And then what?
2: Back up. Leave. Diego's going to lock eyes with... Gadren and just stare him down and say, if this is really between you and me, Gadren, don't get the child involved. If you need to settle things, we can settle them together without all these other other people involved. Well, look at you, Nine Lives.
5: What's in here with a bigger, stronger body? You think that's fair? Take 30 years. Die. I took you down then. I'm an old man now, nah, I need this if I'm gonna survive, this is my leverage, throw that big hammer of yours into the, into the water with gobble guts, and back away, I don't mind leaving Mr. Elby here, his decrepit old building, just been squatting in it for a while anyway, it's about to crumble down in a year or two anyway, I'm not going toe to toe with you, Nine lives. Cause you've shown me, if I slash you in the gut, you just come back. Why is that? What makes you so
2: special? I don't know myself, but maybe someone thought there ought to be a little bit of justice done. Yeah, you, thought you, needed. you thought you needed to team up with
5: your little drug addict friend. That's right. I know who I sell stuff to, I keep a ledger. Mommy and daddy not gonna buy you out of this situation?
4: I am here to solve the problem on my own. I am strong enough to face you and put an end to your manipulation and control on the people.
5: I didn't force your hand, you took the shiver willingly and bought it. It's your own stupid decision, not mine.
4: And yet you push your drugs onto the people to get them addicted. They do not know, I did not know the full risks. It is more than just an escape.
5: You should do your research then. Can't blame a man for making coin.
4: You know, the harm that it does. You cannot spread that to those that are more naive than yourself.
5: <laughs> some Street, Bob over there. You can join me. Push your friend in. You worked with other criminals before. I'm no different. Push him in. I'll make it worth your while.
3: You are different. You're hurting children. <laughs>
5: Children are just a means to an end. What would they be if I didn't put a roof over their heads? They'd be out on the street dead. I'd give them a home. I'd give them a purpose.
3: You're also hurting them.
5: Well, when they don't further my ends, I'm not so generous. This isn't an orphanage.
0: You're right. This is my building, and you're insulting my friends. And you may not have been there for the hero reading, but I'm the mother f-ing Demon's Lantern, and I'm coming to take it back. You're a dead man walking, Gadren Lamb. And at this, he
1: releases the chain just a little bit and catches it. Lot of big
2: talk. Vec doesn't flinch.
4: Near does. <laughs> Sylvie also jumps at that.
2: <laughs> I don't think Diego does either as he eyes him down. Gadren, you don't think there was a reason I came back? Do you really think a child's life is going to get in the way of your ledger being settled? There's no only one way out of this with you alive is for you to stand down and give up your weapons.
5: Well, if you feel like you're going to take me down after all this time, I'm not going to go down without a fight. And just know if I don't kill you, I'll at least hurt you quite a bit with this kid. It's going to be on you. And he lets it slip a little
1: further. And at this point, you all can see the alligator bubble up and start to rise. You realize that the child is getting very
5: close to jumping distance. So what'll it be? You've all made your feelings towards me pretty clear. Why don't you tell this? Write it on this kid's tombstone. You can write all your rage and your anger against me on this kid's stone. Too bad he doesn't have a mom and dad to explain it to,
2: but tell his brother. We've all made our stances clear. What do we want to do? <laughs> I don't think surrendering is an option. I don't I don't think that's gonna work. I agree.
4: While this monologue is happening and it's not directed at Sylvie, can she take a look at the room and these pulleys? Is there a way she could switch weapons, draw her rapier and wedge it through some of the, uh, like a pulley system so that the kid can't fall?
1: You can make me a crafting
4: check. Untrained? I'll
1: let you make it untrained.
4: All righty. He knows our weak spot.
1: <laughs> I do. I keep hammering this weak spot. feel bad about it.
4: Because uh, Sylvie wants to save this child, but Lamb can't go free. So she's trying to find a way to save the child and also get Lamb. All right. She really wants to save this child. That is a 21.
1: You, you think you'd absolutely have to get the jump on him somehow. He can obviously release this just by letting go. And that kid's going to fall immediately. So you'd have to get the jump on him or distract him or something. But if you wedge that rapier somewhere in one of the chain links, the kid's not heavy enough to snap a rapier. The pulley wouldn't descend past where you, where you wedge it. It's a chain link. So if you wedged it between a link, you think it
2: would stop the chain from going through the pulley. And I don't know how much this comes down to rolls, but potentially if we move faster than him and we can get to the chain to stop it from being lowered or if we can yank it back up, that might also save the kid.
0: Right. And that, that would come down to like an initiative check or something. Yeah. What'll it be?
4: So Sylvie has her Kukri out right now, but I could try a stealth to sheathe one weapon and maybe pull the other.
1: You're not hidden from him. I don't think that's going to uh, be possible. However... You could make a deception to make it seem like you're taking that off your belt to throw into the.
4: Mm. Oh, that's an interesting thought, yeah.
2: That's slick.
4: That would be good. Sylvie's not very good at hiding her emotions, and uh, she has a plus zero to deception. Vec has crossbow bolts. Got a lot of them. Is Vec okay at deception?
0: Thread the needle, yes. baby. I am.
3: Now, could Vec do a very similar play?
0: I could do that. So,
3: Especially because you've been the one talking.
0: Listen, I do not want to abandon the opportunity of us to all leave here happy in a diplomatic solution. So I'm willing to work with you here. He starts to take his crossbow off his back, grab his, um, all of the bolts like in his hand, in his other hand. Sure. As I deception to start moving them into the blue abyss of... The water in the middle of this room. I'm looking good. With a 24. Oh.
3: That is pretty good. That's
1: pretty good. I believe this would be against my perception, DC. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That'd be pretty good. That would mean he'd need to have at least a like 14 perception.
1: I hope he doesn't. He does not. So you take that off your back. The second you load it, combat
0: will begin. Okay, I'm not loading it. It's like throwing it. I, it's like I've got... So you've, all, you've allowed yourself to draw the crossbow at this point. I have a... Cr- I have like, I'm holding my crossbow in my left hand, so you usually have to have two hands on a crossbow to use it or anything. And then in my other hand, I was drawing the bolts. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a, a handful of bolts, and what I'd like to do is kind of release the pressure on my hand that's holding the bolts, so I just have one left and try and jam it in one of the chain links. So the issue is going to be that you are nowhere
1: near the chain links. So he's holding the chain, which goes up to the ceiling where there's a pulley. Oh. And is dropping geez. the child there. That is so not what the map says. Okay. Unless you want to. Yeah, that stuff in the middle mm. is walkways.
4: Yeah. Uh, so unless you ooh. want to.
1: Were you thinking of either her throwing the rapier in or shooting a bolt in through the links? Or if she gets the drop on him and runs up to him, she can stab that chain into the ground.
3: I thought the yeah, There's there's no way from where you
1: are that you're going to be able to...
0: Yeah, that kind of screws the whole plan because there's there's this weird stuff on the map that makes it look like there's pulleys that I could have reached. So, So maybe instead, what I'm doing is taking the stuff off of my back and making a act of moving towards this emptiness to throw my stuff in to kind of draw his eye to give the opportunity for someone like Sylvie to make a dash for it.
3: Ah, that's a good thing. Yeah.
0: I know we're all close up in a room. This is tight quarters. He can see everything. But I just want to grab his attention for a moment so that we can spring into
2: action here. Because there's nothing else we can do. We're not giving up. We're not letting this guy win. And if initiative matters... It might just be something heroes do as they move a little quicker, maybe roll twice to get a good initiative roll.
3: I was going to say, this is one of those times where I was also thinking, like, if if I see that even f- that, that is potentially part of the plan and he's making a big enough distraction, I could pull out my longbow and try and shoot, too.
1: Yeah, so here's what it's going to be. Everyone is going to make a perception check to understand what Vex is doing. Mm. Makes sense. This is the important perception check. This is against
2: your Deception DC. Okay, that would be a 17 total.
3: (laughs) 17 on the die plus seven. Got it.
2: Natural 20 for a 24.
4: 17.
2: I'm transparent as hell.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Or we just, we can read each other. We know you.
1: Okay, that's going to be your initiative.
3: Oh, Oh, nice. I'm not
0: against that. That
3: rocks.
1: (laughs) So through coordinated effort, and realizing what Beck is doing, you're basically all acting quickly. Diego, you had a twenty-four. Yes. You're at a seventeen
0: or seventeen on the die.
3: Seventeen on the die plus, 20, plus seven to get twenty-four.
0: How do we resolve that? Because then that makes three twenty-four. You get to we choose get the order in which you I don't need to go.
3: So I then you I, got a I, seventeen
0: total.
4: Uh, yes, seventeen total. Does it make
3: sense that I would go first? to try and shoot my crossbow
1: try the gap.
2: Unless Chris disagrees, I, I think that's a great plan. Yeah, I think we all have a chance of going through and making something happen. If you can get a ranged thing through there and, and connect. That would be, I think, the most ideal. First thing that happens is
1: using a reaction as part of rolling for initiative, Gadrin fires his crossbow at Gobblegut.
3: Trying to get him riled up.
1: Yes, this riles the crocodile up into a frenzy. And it starts to thrash in the water. Fear, you're up. How does our resident
0: druid think about this?
3: She's pissed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Between harming the child and, like, the one, by the way, that she tried to help. And then also just, like, harming an alligator for no reason. She pulls out her longbow. And she's gonna try and thread the gap on um, a chain. Thread
1: the needle. Okay.
3: All right. So I just make an attack roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not, uh, not great. I only have a ten on the die plus five, so fifteen.
1: You don't manage to thread the gap.
3: I mean, I don't know why I would not just try again. I know it's like a long shot, but I don't know why I wouldn't try
1: again. Twenties happen.
3: <laughs> they do. <laughs> No No way! way. No way! (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Because I have a plus zero. It's just twenty, but it's not twenty.
1: Okay, it would miss. However, with a natural twenty, it threads the gap.
0: Oh my god! How do you feel about being a hero?
3: I'm stressed. That
0: rocks. (laughs) Hero point.
3: Hero point for that.
1: Yeah. Uh. That's deserved.
3: This, this die gets wow. to stay up here. It's a good one. All right, I need uh, a
0: sponsor. Unfortunately, pause for a moment.
3: How emotional. God damn.
0: I can't believe it.
1: That's so awesome. This Hero Point is sponsored by Tyler D, who just says, don't die.
3: <laughs> I'm trying. We'll see, Tyler. At least if I die now, I know I'd save the job.
1: Next in the order is Diego.
3: I have one more action.
2: Didn't you draw the bow? Fire, fire. Oh,
3: yep. You're right. I did draw the bow.
2: I don't think this is optimal by any means, but Dago is for sure going to enter a rage at the start of combat for this. That makes sense. Then he is going to sudden charge all the way around Gaedron
3: Ooh, dang.
2: And he is going to, at the end of his movement, because he's next to him after he ends his charge, he is going to strike at him.
3: Yes. No.
2: That is a 15 to hit. That misses. That's my turn. Vec, The alligator and Gadrin Lamb
0: are within 30 feet of Vec. He snaps his fingers. I don't know why he snaps his fingers, but he reveals the tattoo that has the electric arc thing going on, and both of these creatures need to make reflex saves. Okay. The alligator gets a 21. That is a regular success. Gadron gets a 25. Also a regular success. So half damage. Oh, darn. Minimum. That is five total, so you're going to take half of that. Assuming he's probably two, two points of damage. Yeah. And then he's going to focus down on Gadron Lamb. Get out of Maw In. with a little bit of a Intimidate check. Okay. To try to demoralize. A two on the die fail. coming out to a nine. Critical oh, fail. Right. That's, it's, it's a critical fail, which means... Nothing. I don't think there's a special no. effect. But Just it's wanted a critical to check, fail. but yeah, critical fail. We'll get you next round. All right.
1: It's Gadrin's turn. It's more building now. He's going to intimidate you right back. <laughs> that is a 22 against your will, DC. That succeeds. Okay, he reloads and fires at you. So I am frightened one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you're frightened, you're flat-footed to Gadrin.
3: Say what? what exactly does frightened one do to you?
1: Frightened one,
0: if we want to talk about it. Yeah. You're gripped by fear and struggle to control your nerves. The frightened condition always includes a value. You take a status penalty equal to this value to all
2: your checks and DCs. And normally it doesn't make you flat-footed, but I think Gadrian might be a little special, it sounds like. Gadrian has some sort of ability that uh, causes this flat-footedness.
3: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Good for him. That's also a 22. Alright, that is a regular hit then. Close. Close to being a crit with the flat-footed. That is 11 points of damage. Dang. I'm at zero. I'm down. Because I wasn't able to heal after the shark attack. Takes Vec
1: down, and then as a reaction, he turns to Diego.
2: You're next. And immediately demoralizes you. This is a different Turn than when he used the reaction for the dropping the. Uh...
1: That's uh, that's an in, it's a part of his initiative.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That
1: is a twenty to intimidate you. That succeeds, or sorry, a well twenty-two. A lot of these twenty-twos. He gets a plus two bonus after he's downed one of your foes. That's still 60 Still 60 Yep. Okay. So I will turn the flat-footed condition on for myself as well. Next in the order is Sylvie. Sylvie, your friend next to you has just dropped with a crossbow bolt right between his shoulder and his neck. You're worried that might
0: have been his jugular. And he's really hot if that changes your mind about what you're (laughs) planning on doing.
4: (laughs) Sylvie has no skill in medicine or any way to heal him, but she can hurt the person that fired that bolt. So Sylvie strides up to complete the flank with Gadrin. When doing an action like a trip that has the attack qualifier, does that benefit from flanking at all? I was trying to find flank and I couldn't find it on the sheet.
2: I feel like if it's against one of their DCs, like their reflex or It Fortitude is a
4: DC. Or whatever...
1: Yes, so when you and your ally are flanking a foe, it has a harder time defending against you. A creature is flat-footed, taking a minus two circumstance penalty to AC to creatures that are flanking it. So unfortunately, no.
4: All right, that's fine. Sylvie stares down at Lamb saying, not if I could have anything to do about it. And she is going to try to sweep his legs to trip him.
1: Okay, this is against my reflex DC.
4: Yes only an 11
1: that is a critical fail
4: all right so normally if you critically fail a trip you fall prone but on a critical failure of a trip attempt you fall and land prone so sylvie falls after trying to trip
1: and then you have one action remaining
4: and so then she'll stand back up again
1: (laughs) sounds good this alligator is enraged, and Sylvie is the closest creature to it. So it's going to attack at her with its jaws, and will miss with a 13. Oh, thank God.
4: That would have been bad.
1: It yeah. will attempt to attack again, and will miss. Oh. And then it's going to swim over to easier prey and be in front of Mir and Figgy.
2: At least the child is safe
1: for now. For now. It's Mir's turn. Mir, Vec is dying on the ground.
3: Yes. Mir's going to cast Stabilize.
0: Wonderful. Thank you.
3: That's all I can do for you.
0: That's fine. I didn't want to play in this combat anyway. It's too and dangerous. And just,
2: that just I... Stabilize them at zero health? Yes. That's what that does? Okay.
3: And removes the dying condition.
2: Okay. So that means just Vec is, Vec is just wounded one right now. Yes, sir. And unconscious and prone. Yeah. All that.
3: So I guess with my last action... I will have Figgy attack the crocodile. This is concerning. All right. Attack number one is a bite at the alligator crocodile? Like alligator. Alligator. All right. 18 on the die plus five will go to a 23.
1: That is a regular hit.
3: Okay. Something. Almost max damage. Nine points of piercing damage. And Figgy will use his second action to claw. Okay. That's only a 14. That misses. Yeah, I figured. Okay.
1: Diego, you are flanking Gadrin Lamb, your Frightened
2: One. Yes, he is. He's, you know, having previously stalked all the way around him, trying to set him off. Something innate triggers in him that this is the man who he has this connection with that... Maybe did something to him in a past life. So he is he's definitely sh- a little shaken because of that. But he is going to just start attacking with this mole, trying to connect and wail down on him. 19 to hit. Does not hit.
3: Even flat footed?
2: Flat footed does hit. Oh!
3: Yes!
1: Thank you for the reminder.
2: That's that's not
3: good. I needed problem. that. Thank you, Haley. <laughs>
2: With Rage, um, this is going to be negative energy. um, A little little extra negative energy on him. I'm assuming it all goes through. Well, you
1: know, I'll tell you a little tidbit. As a normal old man, he doesn't
2: have any special resistances. (laughs) Perfect. That's what I was looking for. Pretty good damage. 14 points of damage. 14 damage is great damage. I think I'm just going to try to roll to attack him again. Sure. Taking advantage of the flank for for while I can while I'm still up. I think if the
0: four of us fought an old man and an alligator, it would go about this well. Yeah, right.
2: In real life, that is a miss at a, at a less than a twelve. Okay, yeah, that'll yeah, certainly that miss. Seven. We Just... don't
3: have magic; it would go worse.
2: We could take the old man. <laughs> For five, five, of us versus an old man. Though I think we have, we got him. You have a third action. He can't like demoralize or anything because he's raging. That requires a concentrate trait. You can uh, try and cure his wounds. I could try to do that if I was even trained in that sort of skill set, which I'm not. I think I'm going to fish for the natural 20. Okay. I don't get it. That is a... Not a hit. Not a hit. Sure.
1: Vec, you are no longer bleeding out.
0: However, you are unconscious. Stable. It's been a stressful encounter for me. So you moved me right before... It's funnily enough, I was that's when you right? acted. Yeah. You I were right wanted before, to be sure. You were right before Gadrin. So, I mean, I've looked at my sheet. I've looked at hero point rules. I've looked at death and dying rules. I think I am I just got to wait it out. I'm at zero. There's nothing I can do. It's not going to get any worse, but it's not going to get any better. So who's next? Color commentary? <laughs> he uh, groans and I guess sparkles a little bit. Sure.
2: Just like Aroden, you are absent from this world right now. Too true. Very, very poignant right there.
1: It is Gadron's turn. He will drop his hand crossbow, now being in combat draw a dagger
2: so that's his first action <laughs> he's gonna faint Diego so because my turn ended I am no longer frightened which exactly. means I'm no longer flat-footed too mm-hmm. okay and, unless this faint succeeds okay okay I don't think it will with
1: a 16 against what that's gonna be your faint is your perception
2: DC so you should be good. I got a plus four on my perception, so that succeeds. Ooh, okay. Griffin,
3: like, I'm probably DC the most 14. perception at a seven, so there's no way.
1: So there's a slash coming at you. You're flat-footed to
2: this attack. Oh, my God, buddy. I'm sorry. That's a 29. With a 15 AC right now, that is a crit. 16 points of damage. Oh. oh, oh. Mm-hmm. What are you at, like, one or two left? I got a little bit of temporary HP for my Ooh, rage. yeah, sure, That's sure. good. Yeah. So I'm still up. I, it's not good by any means, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it's good. We're talking single digits, obviously.
0: But that's Gadron's full turn. So Sylvie's up. Emily, I think we need you to end this encounter now.
4: So the tricky thing is, Sylvie does not have panache right now.
0: I don't think there's
1: anything wrong with... Using t- attempting a tumble through to go over, over, and up, and end up in the same square. You could certainly do that if you wanted to yeah. try and oh. get in Panache. Panache doesn't. All it says is move through an enemy's square. So if you're doing it to fish for Panache with the tumble through, you don't have to like move Actually away and out move. of the flank. If you,
2: it's like a feint with extra steps.
4: Yes. Yeah. She's just much. dancing around him. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I. I, I believe gonna, in you. I'm gonna give it a try. It's a move action, but it is against a reflex DC, which I'm guessing is gonna be pretty high.
2: And we have hero points. You do have hero points.
3: Which which we need to use because there's no one else who can heal right now. But should I
4: should I save it for an attack? So I'm just thinking just thinking through. Do you have to is it roll twice and take the better or
2: you, you roll once. If you think you would want a hero point, you would spend it then to roll again.
4: Okay, okay, so I can roll first then. That's a 25.
2: That beats. Yes! Oh my God. You are in
3: panache.
4: Oh, thank goodness.
1: And when you end up in your square, you are flanking him once again with Diego.
3: So then he's flat-footed. All right, so we know you need at least a 19 to hit. Maybe an 18. But somewhere,
4: like a 19 for sure hits.
0: It's not that hard, just roll high.
4: (sighs) Okay. All right, this is not going to do it. Do I use my hero point now? We're in trouble.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Like, are you gonna? You're in panache. You're gonna. Get you may want to make this a
2: finisher at your highest attack. Can post. you retroactively call that? I don't, I don't know. know how
1: finisher. She hasn't be. even said the result of her roll. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. If you're gonna use a hero point, I'll say you can call it a finisher because you're rolling again. Normally, though, yes.
4: Yeah, I would. I, I would have had to call it. I mean, I, if I get that chance, I, I think I need to take yes. it. So okay. this is. So after Sylvie does her dance around lamb, she does an extra flourish with her kukri and hopefully that rune is burning bright. That's not gonna hit. Can I throw my hero? But but (laughs) hold on, hold on. He's more than one. Hold on. So because this is a finisher, even though she didn't strike, she still does damage.
0: Okay. Hell yeah, Emily. Let's go.
4: So she still does half of her precise strike damage to the target, even though she misses. All right, so I rolled seven, so that's three damage. So even though she doesn't hit, uh, she still nicks him just a little bit. But that does end her state of panache.
1: Yes, it does.
4: Uh, But she still has one... She still
1: has one action. action. You could use it to attack. You could try and tumble through again.
4: I'm going to attack. Okay. With a natural 20. Yes!
1: Okay. Oh my gosh. Critical hit. Would have been really great with the finisher, but uh, still yeah. should be good.
4: Uh, so this is not a deadly weapon. Health is health.
0: Well, yep. well is it a critical hit though? Oh, is, is his AC... What would it work? go to? 24? Yeah, 24. 24. 24, yes. It okay, is okay just, just trying to make sure because it... it The twenty adjusts it up. Yeah, I didn't think she had a negative
2: modifier, and he is being flanked.
4: It's only her second attack. The tumble through was a move.
2: She's got an agile weapon too, which helps.
4: Yeah, so even at her lowest, it's just a zero plus zero. Okay. Could I have that d six, or I guess it's just one d six times two?
0: Killed this elderly man.
4: (laughs) Pretty high damage. Fourteen points of damage.
0: What does it look like?
3: Yes! Yes!
5: This
0: geriatric drug dealer.
4: So, Sylvie did a flourish move, but didn't quite connect, and then she swings around all the way and slashes out and cuts just right at his neck and gets his jugular, and he drops to the ground.
1: He's got that old man, papery skin, hardly even looks like it. It takes a, a second to start bleeding. And then he drops. However, you're not out of combat because it's Gobblegut's turn. Figgy hit him. So he's going to try and strike back. 23 to hit Figgy.
3: That'll hit.
1: Three points of damage. Min damage. He's going to grab with his next action.
3: Is this going to be against my reflex save?
1: DC? You're just grabbed.
3: Oh, I just get... Or no,
1: he's... Yeah, you're just grabbed. He has to spend an action and he grabs you. And now that you are grabbed... Use a special ability called death roll.
4: Oh. oh. no.
1: Rolling rapidly and twisting the victim, he's gonna make a jaw strike with a bonus. And that's gonna miss with a three on the die, huh. which also means that Figgy is released.
3: Wow. Oh man. Yay!
1: Mir, it's your turn.
3: Okay. Alright, well, uh, with that, Mir's gonna have Figgy attack. So jaw first. Jaw first, 16 plus 5 will be 21.
1: 21 hits your target.
3: Good, good deal. Minimum damage for 3 damage. And then claws next, which is at a much lower bonus. Ugh, only a 6 on the die plus 1 is 7, so that's not going to hit. That's
1: a big old miss.
3: Yeah, alright, and now it's Mir's turn.
1: Figgy is toe-to-toe with this way bigger animal. And you see the ferocity of a badger at this point. He's just. Argh! And you see all the hair sticking up off of his back.
3: Mir's gonna do the one thing she can definitely do: it's electric arc. Hell yeah. <laughs> Woo. Babe.
1: I know what immunity is gonna come up a lot in this AP. <laughs> no, it's
2: the best. Uh, so I need. Reflex, reflex save from me. Wow, everyone's and, got rings of energy-resistance electricity. <laughs> or so whatever it is. Weird. That is only a 14.
3: That fails. Nice. Six points of electricity damage.
2: You kill it. Yes! yes! So it was about to be my turn. I just want to acknowledge that I made a rules error at the very beginning of my turn. Mm-hmm. Sudden charge has the flourish and open traits, which means that A, you can only use it once in your turn, and B, you can only use it at the very start of your turn. And I raged and then sudden charged. I ah. should have sudden charged right out of the gate and then raged if I wanted to. But it Understandable. Did, it's okay. I think it's okay. Yes, think. it sounds like a wash, but yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it it well, would have affected if he hit. Which oh, I don't think. Fair. I don't yeah. believe he did, though. Yeah. Okay. And now you're in this room. This child is clearly in pain hanging from a broken arm.
3: Yeah, Mir's going to spring into action. And Diego and Sylvie are close to the actual pulley. And so she's going to call to them. Get the child down. I'll get Vec. And she'll run over to Vec and treat wounds.
2: Digga will take the chain and he will pull it back, I guess, because the the, the arrow is in the place where it was stopping it from falling further. He should be able to pull it back up. And then maybe, I don't know what it would take to... Yeah, you could pull it back up and then Sylvie, if once it's
1: released off of there, I think you could probably like reach and break it. Maybe you do that in opposite, because Diego would probably be the better one to reach the the top of the chain. It's a child. Uh, You're definitely strong enough to lift, like, a 30-pound kid.
4: Yeah. Yep.
1: So, you pull that back easy as pie, sliding that out. She didn't even damage the arrow on that shot. Mm
4: -hmm. Okay. Tree wounds coming at back. And then one of us can go and walk out with the walkway so that we can actually grab the child.
3: I got a 17 which will pass the DC check of DC 15. Yep. yep. So. 2d8. Yes.
0: I assume you weren't
1: risky uh, surgery. I was risky not surgery. Risky
3: surging.
0: <laughs> yes I would appreciate uh, if we didn't do that.
3: <laughs> three.
0: Oh, listen Ooh. I'll take what I can get. You're so, conscious at three. Vex blink and he sees Mir over him. Myrital. We. What happened? Did, did we get him?
3: Yeah, you're not doing so good, though. And I'll say, I don't think any of us are doing that great.
0: All right, don't feel so good. All right, bring them all around. I'll see what I can do.
3: So I know for sure I would come over because I've never been healed. I haven't been healed since I got hurt the first time. Diego's probably not doing good
4: at all. Yeah. And the child
3: probably could use some healing.
4: Yeah, sure. I'm
3: not sure about Sylvie. Sylvie's,
4: she's doing great.
3: (laughs) Mir can cast heal animal and then refocus. On a figgy? Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So Vet kind of sits and then he stands and he sees everyone's looking bad. He feels terrible. I mean, he was on the brink of death. Just a quick visual check. It seems probably like my friend Nine Lives, i.e., Diego, is besides himself, probably closest to death.
1: You're probably going to get the best bang for your buck out of a three action heal.
0: That's that's what I'm going for. Well, yeah. But what he's going to do first is spend a focus point to healer's blessing, Diego, which will give him an extra two points of healing oh, when I do that. Nice. Very nice. So as he casts this healer's blessing, again, that kind of windy looking energy is flowing over him. <laughs> Everybody gets nine points of healing. Diego gets eleven.
3: Nice. I'm at full.
2: I'm five away from full and feeling pretty good. That is that temporary HP saved you. I rolled middle of the road there. Only two temporary hit points, but I was I was at six. Yeah. How's everybody feeling now? I can keep going. I'm. As long as there is no immediate threat, I think I'm good to toss the place and then head out of here. Very fair. Very fair. You got Gage and Lamb, I see. Who Sylvie struck, got, who who Sylvie struck st- the killing blow. Sylvie struck him down.
4: Yes, he was not as strong as I thought he would be.
2: Sylvie perhaps. With a downed... <laughs>
1: <laughs> a seven foot tall cat man, almost dead. A, your
2: healer completely brought to death. Mir it, single digits hit points or whatever. Well, that, I was at eleven. Oh, that wasn't gavel. That it was, was Had
3: no. Uh, actually, I didn't get damaged at all during this combat. We just never healed from the spiders that absolutely wrecked my. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So I have been damaged since the spiders because we never stopped and did anything because we were kept moving. I realized that mistake as soon as we opened the door. Mm. <laughs> yes. We opened the door? We opened the door. We. The we first, all did, the, didn't the, we, Haley? The communal we. We've <laughs> been talking about this communal
2: we since the first episode. <laughs> Who is we? Who is we and okay. why do they keep doing this? Well, shall we look at Gadron's body and the rest of the room?
3: I believe we should. Perceptions? Or no?
1: Doesn't require perception to look at a body. Okay. Gadrin Lamb has a rune-etched dagger. A rune-etched hand crossbow, some studded leather armor, and a rusty iron key. There is nothing else of note in this room aside from
0: another door. Griffin, is this... To Vec, is this room new? Has he ever seen this room before? Never seen this room before. Okay. If it was here, it was
1: kept secret from him. Got it.
3: Well, that key probably goes to the door.
1: The door is not locked. Okay. But it's trapped! I'm kidding.
3: (laughs) God damn it!
1: The whole room sinks into the water. (laughs) So this foul-smelling room seems to be a combination bedroom and study. A wooden bed with a lumpy mattress stands against the east wall, while a round table heaped with dirty plates, bread crusts, stained goblets, fruit rinds, and scuttling cockroaches sits nearby. Ew. At the foot of the bed sits a large strong box. A slightly rusted lock secures it and a moldy ledger with pages rippled from moisture sits atop its lid. A sagging dresser filled with moth-eating clothes well past their glory days is in one corner. What appears to be a wooden hat box surrounded by a small cloud of flies sits atop the dresser.
3: Alright, we can use the key on that lock, I guess. Strong box? Yeah.
1: So you see the ledger on the strong box and unlocking the box. Should we have precepted for trappers?
3: That would have been a good one, Chris, huh?
2: Is this place going to be our lesson learned for that sort of thing? <laughs> that would have
3: been a real good thing, mm.
2: thing. I never said that I moved. I'm in the other room.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> soaking born. in the pool. <laughs> so you open
1: the lockbox with Gadron's key, it just clicks open, and you see a bunch of individually wrapped cloth items. Uh, they're tied shut with twine opening them you find a narrow teak cigar case inlaid with tiny bits of jade this is worth 3 gold you find a 2 pound silver ingot bearing the cheliac's coat of arms this is worth 15 gold you find a miniature gold crown worth 24 gold wow a fist sized scrimshaw carving of a kraken with garnets for eyes worth 18 gold A silver ring bearing the inscription For Emma, the light in my nights, worth 17 gold. A highly realistic and highly scandalous ivory figurine of two entwined succubi worth 28 gold. Four shurikens. A fine dagger with a strange blade shaped almost like a key bearing the inscription For an inspiration of a father worth 55 gold. An abalone shell holy symbol of shalin worth 22 gold glass tube which contains some sort of potion or oil a magical token and a talisman you also find a bejeweled brooch in here with a broken clasp and all of you can agree this is the most valuable item in the stash the circular gold brooch depicts a house drake and an imp coiled around each other in an almost yin yang pattern the pseudo dragon's eye is an amethyst, while the imp's eye is an emerald. You think it's probably worth 120 gold. Guys, we're rich.
3: We are very rich.
1: I'm about to retire. Go ahead and make me a society check. This is so much gold.
3: I do not have society. 15.
1: Uh, I
2: would also take lore nobility. Hmm. You don't have society. Just roll both. <laughs> yeah. You choose to live in a society. Strange.
3: Mm. No, I have.
2: Chris, haven't. you joker.
4: Underworld.
2: Oh, okay. That's fair.
4: Sylvie knows her nobility. Natural 20. Or a 25.
1: This belongs to Queen Iliosa herself.
2: Ooh. No! Oh. Or belonged. It must have been stolen from her.
3: Oh, we're screwed.
2: Maybe we hang on to that and don't try to pawn it off in Corvosa
4: yeah sylvie uh, when she realizes that she like recognizes the imagery on this brooch says this is a dangerous item to have we must be careful with this this at one point belonged to queen eliosa herself
0: I use my first action to leave the room. I use my second to dive into the water and my third to swim down the river.
1: (laughs) I would also accept a society check or a lore Corvosa check on the dagger. Oh, okay. Actually, I would take a lore Underworld as well. (laughs) That's me. You can definitely roll on this, Steve. Local legend lore? Mm -hmm. Okay.
4: Only a 10 for Sylvie. I have
3: an 18 on Underworld.
1: 3020. In fact, this is something you've heard about. Between the years of 4690 and 4697, there was a strange string of murders that happened in Corvosa. The killer was known as the key lock killer. And they used a blade in the shape of a key. To murder over 15 dozen victims in that seven-year span. They were never caught, and the trail went
0: cold. I'm not sure what the rest of the people at the table that I'm sharing with are at, but I've seen my fair share of serial killer documentaries. Jack the Ripper killed, like, five or ten people.
2: Oh yeah, he never killed 180 people? Yeah,
0: Ted Bundy killed like 20. And I'm not getting these numbers right, I know, but they're low. These are the most prolific serial killers of our civilization, and they're low. 15 dozen is a lot. It's
3: an insane amount. Mm -hmm. It
0: is a building full of people. Yeah. And it'd be a pretty big building. And we have his knife, so... Who who's actually like rummaging through this stuff? Was it Mir? Was it? Mir is
3: definitely looking through it, yes. Cause you guys all thought I was gonna open trapped things.
0: So if, if <laughs> Mir's rummaging through and we're all kind of standing around, Vex's gonna put a hand on her shoulder. Mir. We are playing with things we don't understand here. Or at least we don't have a ton of context for. Gadrin Lamb? He's done some bad stuff. You know it all know it. He was gonna kill a kid in front of us. But he's sitting on evidence pointing to one of the worst serial killers this nation has ever seen. What you're looking at right there—it's a weapon of mass destruction. Even if it's just a knife.
3: I think we need to put everything back in. Lock it up. One person carry the trunk. One person carry the key. Let's talk about this in private. Not here.
0: I absolutely agree. Whatever this card reader got us into this is way over our heads. Yes, those are wise
1: words. The ledger on top of the strongbox looks like it's coded, but using some time in your downtime and a society check, you might be able to decode it. It seems full of records, of Gadrin's records. It could potentially be a huge boon to the and guard.
3: So there's one more item in the room, though, that we haven't opened that you mentioned.
1: Yes, there's a hat box with flies buzzing around it.
3: As much as I don't want to, I've got to open the box. (laughs) I really don't want to because I'm worried about what's in it.
1: The sweet smell of decay blasts you in the face when you crack open this box. And what you see is a woman's head. Cast by Gwyneth Paltrow? With makeup poorly applied to it. It's the head of Zolara. Zalara. What? Make me a medicine check, Mir.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Like, that's weird. This is weird.
2: Oh, my God.
3: So with an 18 on the die, that goes up to a 25 to know what happened to Zolara, our fortune teller.
1: This woman has been dead for weeks.
2: Who did we talk
1: to?
3: That's so scary. What is happening? The
1: head is resting on
0: something. Okay. We ate refreshments in her house.
3: We did eat broke
4: bread with the thing. Sylvie did not eat anything there. Oh, Mira the wine, ate
0: everything. That's true. The wine wasn't good enough for you, if I remember correctly.
4: Yeah, and she's real thankful about that.
2: What is the head resting on?
4: Yeah. Mira will gently nudge it
3: aside to try to get whatever it is resting
2: on. There's a small iron box.
1: You open it, you find a Harrow deck with hand-painted images that decorate it. The card's frames are gilded in silver, so they sparkle and flash under the light. Despite the worn condition on the card backs, the images on the faces are so vibrant they seem like they move when viewed out of the corner of the eye. You pick it up, and you instinctually feel the need to shuffle. And when you do, the deck feels like it Shuffles itself. It's as if there's no effort required. It's like silk moving against silk. Oh. There's magic in this
2: deck. She was looking for. She was looking for this, but then something else was looking for it. What are we gonna find if we go back to that house?
3: I'm worried about that because she also said it was. Her, she said her son was taken by Gadron Liam. I feel like that's a lie.
0: I don't want to go back to that house.
2: I don't. I'm worried. I feel like we need. Maybe not with the deck, but I feel like we need to understand who that is. Me as a person, I don't want to go back. Of course, Vec yeah. would go back, yeah.
3: What kind of magic?
0: Do you have detect magic? No. If she doesn't, I do. So, so Vec could, yeah. In 2E, detect magic, does it still give you auras? Let me read it quick. It is definitely different. It's a little bit different.
3: I thought defeating him would make me feel better. I'm now stressed. <laughs> Yeah,
4: this goes way deeper.
3: There's so many problems here. <laughs> yes.
0: All right. So compared to one, e detect magic as a cantrip is much less effective. Right. That's not a, no, not a bad thing. It's just a a game balance choice. But basically, with detect magic, you can detect the presence or absence of magic, and you receive no information beyond that that it's magical. Um. You detect illusion magic only if that magic's effect has a lower level than the level of your tech magic skill, which, or spell, which I would Because it As a cantrip, it Titans, yeah. But 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 regardless, there's nothing else. So if it's magical, I would know. Otherwise, I don't have any clue.
1: You could certainly roll to kind of identify Hmm. the type of magic, which would be... If you are trained in occultism, or arcana, or nature, or
2: religion. Nature. That is the nice thing about identify, is like most magic items, you can roll any of those four, which someone usually is.
0: I'll roll the religion to see if I can...
4: 19. 13
0: on religion.
4: Occultism, 22. Arcana, 8.
0: Yeah, with that occultism... This is
1: certainly divination magic, but you notice something strange. A spell's not giving this magic. Because you used occultism, there's something spiritual about this.
3: All right. I've dealt with haunted items before.
0: Yeah, you're something of a pro.
2: In second edition.
3: No. I have no idea what I'm doing in second edition. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: but actually in character, you know, Veckel kind of, all right, I can taste the magic on it, but it's not in... Vein of the Divine. Uh, like no magic I've ever experienced.
4: It is more of a spiritual nature. It is not from a ordinary spell. I do not know much more than that.
3: I think maybe we should put that in the box. We're going to have to grab them all. All of us.
4: Do you want to take the head
3: as well? I feel like maybe we have to. This is, uh, is Haley thinking. Haley,
4: I think we're going to have to. Like, I don't know, maybe bring it to the guard? So, I'm not opposed to that in the future. But you did
1: murder five people in here.
4: Carrying around a bunch of evidence of serial killers and the queen's brooch and a severed head is not a good look for anyone. I think we need to decipher the ledger and then figure out what we want to do with the information.
2: Agreed. The one thing I would say is that the head is the only thing keeping our sanity intact over what, the per- whatever we interacted with in the house. The only thing keeping us understanding that she's actually dead. So I'm kind of in favor of keeping it as long as we can keep it on the down low that we have it. Well, but- it smells. Oh. But somebody had a prestidigitation.
3: I do! I have that.
2: Wow, Gentle Repose do, is yeah. so much easier now.
1: Yeah, you could <laughs> certainly use Gentle Repose. It would be better. But you could It'll work. hide the smell a little bit. Okay. With- some prestidigitation.
3: Yeah, I could, I could be using that, but I think this changes some of the plans. I we can't walk around with severed head to drop these children off. Nothing about that feels okay.
2: You're you right. up. We'll have to floating disc it over to where we stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, just want to
0: just want to note that none of you can cast that still. Yeah. Griff, that is kind of what I was thinking. So at, at this point, Vec might speak up. Listen, hey, I think we're all in agreement here that we're in a, a, over our heads a little bit more than we expected. I think maybe one or two of us should take these things that we don't understand yet. We don't fully understand the implications of these items back to Miratar's barbershop. Whoever does not go myself included, should take these children to the Dawnflower house, tie that up nice and tidy, make sure they're good. Then, tonight, when the four of us are back together at the shop, the Blade and Badger, then we'll really talk about what these things mean. Just get them safe now. I'll take care of the kids, whoever wants to come with, and then we'll worry about what this stuff means.
2: Diego nods in agreement.
3: All right, well, I'll start heading towards my shop. First, we got to find a way to get back up.
2: Very good point. (laughs) This
1: kid's been here the whole time.
2: Oh, no, he knows too much. Throw him back in.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What was the kid's name?
2: You never got it. Hey, sport.
3: (laughs) Well, we could uh, at least ask the kid, do you know how to get up? Do you know how to get up from here? They lowered
1: me down through a hole in the ceiling uh, I don't know uh, I could probably get back up that way but I don't think you,
0: <laughs> you could. We take a look around the structure to see if there's another way out or a ladder or something a secret passage we may have missed. Well why don't you make a identify
2: check on the items you found. Oh Is that a perception? No, well, That's any of the four for Oh magic- any of the, the magics, four yeah. magics. Okay.
3: Specifically wondering about the magical token and talisman
0: Mm. I would also
1: accept a crafting check on the glass tube containing some sort
0: of liquid. Yeah, you can call me filthy because I got a dirty 20. Dirty 20?
3: <laughs> I got a 17 for nature magics.
4: 12 for occultism and 16 for arcana.
0: That it would have been a religion check for me. Yep.
1: You recognize these items. hmm The vial... Is a glass tube containing a nectar of purification. The talisman is a talisman of emergency disguise. This one is keyed to appear as a member of the Corvos and Guard. Oh, the plot thickens. Oh, oh no. The token is a ladder feather token. Oh. Activating it
0: creates a 20 foot ladder. Hmm. Is that a one time use or is it a. It is a one time use. All right, I got good and bad news. Good news is, I think we're sitting on a 20-foot ladder. Bad news is, we're only sitting on a 20-foot ladder once. <laughs> so we can use it now and get out of here. Not worry about climbing through an old sinking ship and all that nonsense. But we're burning our 20-foot ladder.
3: Uh, I thought the hole was only big enough for a child.
0: It's only big enough for a child. You could probably use this ladder go outside and then Mm -hmm. prop it up next to the building.
3: Like, go outside on the little dock and use it?
0: Yeah, that floating
1: dock area, if you could, you could, you can look around that doesn't close off. And so you could prop it against the side of the building there. And it would extend into the water, but you don't think the water is super deep, so that might be able to help you climb the side of the building and get back to, like, that rickety pier on the top side. And there's oh. no way
3: just to get out if the water's not super deep and walk on the ground and walk You block could it.
1: certainly swim.
3: But like you said, it's not deep.
2: It's but deep sh- enough for a large shark to be I there.
3: guess that's true. The
2: shark is dead and there is blood in the water too.
3: Yeah. Just feels silly not to just go around the building and crawl all the way up. Why don't you just wild shape through it? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we gotta use the ladder. It just doesn't matter. You could ladder.
1: swim across... There's really not that much keeping you from getting back to the ship. It's
2: just 20 feet of broken dock. We've got the chain link. Maybe we can, someone can climb up that and then pull (laughs) people up. All right. Our GM is telling us that we don't need to worry
0: about this. We can get out of here. Please move on. Yes. All right. So if we kind of make our way out of here, I'm in favor of Vec taking these kids to the Dawnflower house. I know Mir needs to open her shop up. We've got two more people in this party. Which one of you wants to come take these kids to the orphanage?
4: Chris, are you wanting to take... Would Diego want to take the kids at all?
2: Either or. Doesn't matter to me.
4: Sylvie feels bad for the kids, so she she can go with.
2: I'll go with Mir, the one who is most hesitant about my background. Yes. (laughs) All
0: right, so... We go back up. We bring the kid, mm-hmm. reunite him with his brother. Those of you wanting to take the children to the Dawnflower House likely have to
1: wait here mm-hmm. until dusk, when the rest of the children return. Those of you going back to Mears makes sense that Diego would go because he's probably the only one that can carry all of these items.
4: Can Sylvia actually keep the ledger with her to start decoding mm-hmm. it while we wait? Cause I think she's the only one with society.
1: Yeah, she is. And society would be used to decode.
0: So you could spend the rest of the afternoon decoding the ledger if you like. Give me a society check. Well, she's working, it may sound kind of mundane and almost not worth bringing up, but Vec like walks out onto the street, looks at the Relby mercantile sign that's missing a ton of letters, and then turns away from it and sits back against the wall and kind of rides it down and then as she's working all day and he's waiting for kids to come back he's just sitting with rebby merkin or whatever it says above his head just kind of in thought
4: that is a 23 on the society check as she's scouring this ledger
2: yeah
0: you
1: manage to crack the code and you think that it contains a ton of evidence on things not just pertaining to Lamb, but pertaining to other criminals as well. It talks about his shiver distribution. And at this point, giving it to the Corvosan guard, since it's decoded, makes it far more valuable. It would be worth 30 gold. In terms of information you find within, it's really records of transactions and crimes that Lamb has maybe committed scores, things he's stolen Uh, you do find a record discussing the pickpocket that stole the brooch from a jeweler where it was getting repaired and it does verify that that is Queen Elios's brooch it says to in his notes keep for leverage
3: gonna
4: say there's some pages that we might want to tear out. (laughs) I was just thinking even if we do want to give this to the guard, making a copy for ourselves and yeah, maybe redacting some information Mm. is a good idea. Sylvie is all for uh, getting justice here but for her own personal vindication to like further her desires having this information is critical as well.
3: Yeah, whenever you bring it back and we start talking about it, Mir would also want to go through it and if there's anything with her criminal friends of hers, she might also be looking to rip that out. We can cross that bridge when it happens.
1: Well, that's assuming it would be shared with you.
3: Oh. That is assuming that, yes.
1: So you return the items to Mir's shop lock up for the day trying to keep this head from rotting further although it's been rotting for a while the children come back to Adrian's hideout and they find Sylvie and Beck there the other children vouch for you and you're able to take them to the Dawnflower House, which is in Midlands. Um, The clerics there... seem used to this kind of influx of kids. Unfortunately, that's the way this city is. But they thank you for bringing the children there, and they welcome you to visit the children at any point. You reconvene at the Badger and Blade... What's your next step?
3: I think Mir would certainly lock up. And if she has anything to cover her windows thoroughly, she would she'd probably do so. And I think she'd start kind of meticulously pulling out all, every item one by one and laying it out on the ground so we can really get a solid look at them all. Besides the head, she's not going to move the head.
2: I got a quick clarification. When we were in the house talking to the entity that we thought was the fortune teller, did did we discuss anything at all about after we took down Gadron Lamb, what we would do if we would come back or reconvene somehow? You didn't discuss it. Okay. Okay. I don't want to go back to the house at some point. Check it out.
3: I also do. But I think we need to go through this stuff and determine what we're going to do. This is a lot of, there's a lot of items. They're probably all stolen or some other nefarious, nefariously gotten.
1: (laughs) Mm. Ill gotten gains.
3: Ill gotten gains. Yes, that's perfect. And on top of that, we've got a lot of evidence. So I know, I mean, we didn't find anything new about the items out, at least I would assume Diego and I didn't find anything new about the items. No. So the only thing that would be worth sharing as far as information wise would be if Sylvie shares information about this decoded ledger. Otherwise, we can start talking about the items.
4: Sylvie, as we're traveling, is guarding this ledger and she will share what she found with uh, the rest of the group saying... I was able to decode the ledger to understand what Gadren Lam was doing, his records. It ties into a lot of the, to some of the items that we have found and details the activity of him and the criminals he employed.
0: Sylvie, this is bad. We were probably set up. By whoever this fortune teller or the person pretending to be this fortune teller was. We're sitting on a weapon that's killed dozens and dozens and dozens of people. We're sitting on something that belongs to the queen. If any of this comes out, I think it's the hangman's noose for us. There's no explaining why we have these things. And even if we do, this is going to be trouble. We've got a lot of bad things in our possession.
4: Sylvie's hands are shaking at this point as she's holding the ledger. I do not want to cover up the misdoings that have happened here, but how can we share this information without implicating ourselves, as you say?
1: One thing I will note is that this ledger is very clearly Gadren Lambs and has the details of getting most of these items. So presumably, if you provided this ledger as evidence, it would... Absolve you of the wrongdoing. You mm-hmm. also know that there's a reward out, at least
2: for the queen's brooch.
1: Oh, that's good.
2: no oh. questions asked. But
1: you have to return it to Castle Corvosa.
2: Oh, these are things that would be good to do that we should think about. The one concern I have is that whatever creature brought us to do this specifically said that they could not strike at gadrin lamb for some reason and that they were after the deck we are in possession of the deck now and it may be the case that they are able to strike at us now that we have it and it's out of whatever gadrin lamb had done to protect it i'm definitely in favor of returning some of these things turning in the ledger and the brooch for this reward and for 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 good but i worry about this deck that we now have with us.
4: Was the deck detailed in the ledger?
2: But it was stored with Zalara's head. Yeah. So it's definitely her deck.
4: Yes. I just didn't know if there was more information on it in what the if, ledger. I
2: wonder if the he- head had some reason to do with why whatever it is couldn't strike at Gaterin Lamb. That's that's like, a, I, I, yeah. we have no bearing on that, but... Mm-hmm.
3: Is there anything else of significant about, like, the dagger in particular in the ledger?
1: Yes. It's kind of an entry, like a journal entry. And it describes receiving a gift from his son. Excuse me? You also find several entries of deals and transactions and scores gone wrong, all foiled by a black cat. (laughs)
0: hmm this mystery is very deep
2: wouldn't it seem who could be responsible for such acts (laughs) 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 I will say it was surprising to me to, to, to learn that he had first killed whoever it was that I had associated with in my first life 30 years ago seems like I was some sort of entity in his way that he did away with but the time frame is, is news to me.
3: Could it have been your father?
2: I have no memory of, of, of such a man, but ordinarily that that the time between then and now would make sense for it to be. But given these other circumstances, I'm, I'm skeptical of that.
3: Is there anything else of significance about the rest of these items in there? Like maybe the ring that says for Emma? That's another personalized item.
1: Not that you can find. Most of this stuff has just been pickpocketed. Okay. And so would probably be fine to sell.
3: Okay, so we have one pile of can-be-sold items. And then the pile of evidence. And then the usables, which, you know, the glass tube magical token and talisman.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong. The way I see it, we got some stuff that should not move from this barber shop. I also have a brooch that we can return to Castle Corvo, so no questions asked. We also want to check out the helm. This fortune teller revealed all of our futures and
2: brought us into this mess. Am I missing anything?
4: That sounds about right.
2: We'll likely want to return the ledger around the same time we do the brooch.
4: Returning the brooch could win us some favor or honor for returning such a valuable item. Same with the ledger. We will be doing good for the community if they are able to apprehend some of these criminals.
0: Let's take care of this stuff then. And after which, we'll investigate our own mess. It's fortune teller that got us here. Anybody disagree?
3: Amir, actually, on the other hand... Thinks that this should go in reverse order. So Mir would say, I think maybe we should look into the false heroine first. Maybe maybe it'll give us more information to go to before so we don't make two trips to the castle. We've got a woman's head.
2: Better to get our own house in order before we we work out what else is out there.
4: That's exactly what I'm thinking. Sylvie fiddles with the uh symbol her family crest. On her cloak. I would like to gain a little bit more honor, but we do need to learn more about who we, who we actually met with before we continue on. It could backfire on us.
3: And if you want more honor, who knows? We could find the killer or even more
4: nefarious items to turn in. Sylvie's eyes brighten at that, even though her hands <laughs> are still <laughs> shaking.
0: And it's disordered then figure out what's going on here person that brought us here and then take care of these items well
1: Zalara's house could be accomplished in the evening there's no need to wait
3: okay that's the case Mir would want to put all these items in that box and she's going to take the box and go hide it under her bed because she does not want to have a nighttime person come to visit to get healing or something and go in her shop if I mean, obviously it's going to be locked, but that feels like a safer bet than just leaving it out on the open, potentially.
0: How's everyone looking from a healing perspective? I'm not full. I could use oh. five more.
3: I am. I'm, I'm full. I could treat wounds on...
0: Yeah, I'm going to hand wave it. You have plenty of time. That's what I figured. Yeah,
2: between Mir and myself, we could get everything figured. Easy
3: peasy. Out.
2: Perhaps, perhaps we also take the head with us to the house and <laughs> put it at rest if we can in her own Place.
3: Do you think we should take the deck? It might bring whatever it is out.
0: Aye. Bring the dick. Bring the dick. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I'll say. <laughs>
1: so you head to three Lancet Street. When you arrive, the door is ajar. You see a gray tabby cat staring at you from a nearby alley. When you push the door. The cat mews and backs into the darkness of the alley until all you can see is the glow of its yellow eyes. The room looks nothing like how it looked before, covered in weeks of dust. The furniture lies broken, as if this place was broken into, ransacked and left. No fire burns. It's long abandoned.
2: What about the bread basket?
1: <laughs>
0: Definitely drank wine here. That's a problem.
1: None of it's there. Not even the couch you sat on or the table. It's all splintered and broken. Who's holding the deck?
3: Mirrors holding it.
1: Mirror, you hear shuffling from your bag. And then it begins to glow. And the figure of Zalara, the apparition of her, appears in front of you. Well, it seems I have some explaining to do. Come in. Sit. And we'll continue the curse campaign next time.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, No shit, you have some explaining to do, Griffin! We're <laughs>
2: ghosts! <laughs> the Bestow Curse podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated, Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos,
0: and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with
3: permission.